Welcome to episode 168 of the Grip Strip Podcast. And there's a fight edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host, the former iRacing Indy 500 champion. Since it is the month of May, it's very apropos. Uh, a computer genius, a gentleman and a scholar, and one of Jacksonville Jaguars' biggest fans. His name is Josh Fine. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. Of course, yeah, there was a fight this weekend at Kansas Speedway, so be lots to talk about there. And, of course, um, Kansas and Cup Race, uh, pretty exciting to watch. F1, pretty good, too. So, yeah, ready to get into it. Yeah, the uh, pretty lean weekend this past weekend. We had the Cup and uh, Trucks at Kansas Speedway, and then we had Formula One and the what they call the Miami International Autodrome, also known as the parking lot of uh, Hard Rock Stadium. But people show up for it, so I guess it doesn't really matter that it's a terrible racetrack and it's put on two terrible races. Uh, but yeah, that's for another, I guess, for another day, another time. But Dennis Hamlin and his horse teeth uh, doubled up the uh, Hamlin. Uh, wrecking situation get breaks his winless streak by getting into Kyle Larson late in uh, the Advent Health 400 and um, moved him to get his first victory. His what is now is I think that's his 49th career Cup Series victory, eyeing Tony Stewart in the process. So uh, uh, credit to Danny Hamlin there. Uh, we'll uh, also talk about the race, uh, the truck race, which saw Grant Enfinger get his first win of 2023 um, in the number 23, you know, which has a patriotic uh, paint scheme here, I think, for this month. So uh, good for him. Fish Lips gets another win. He had made a mistake in qualifying, started ninth. Basically had no resistance through the field, running on the more optimal tire strategy. Sergio Perez was on pole, but really wasn't able to make any uh, ground early because he was trying to maintain uh, the medium tire. And that played a role later on when the inevitable battle happened and Verstappen uh, ended up going and passing him for the victory. Fred Alonso getting a podium, um, no signs of uh, Taylor Swift uh, that I've heard of. Uh, so uh, we'll see if, how, where that's going. But that was a racing last week. We're going to get into a lot of stuff in the roundup, though, uh, for the main series. The roundup covers Formula E, World Superbikes, F1 Academy, if I can find info. That's literally what I wrote. And then this coming weekend, a very busy weekend, we're going to have MotoGP and Moto2 at Le Mans. IMSA returns at Laguna Seca. Rally Portugal for uh, the World Rally Championship. Extreme E comes back after a long break in Scotland. And Indy next at the Indy Road Course, which will lead into our preview of the Indy uh, Indianapolis Road Course, the GMR Grand Prix. Uh, the starting the month of May for the IndyCar series uh, prior to, of course, 
the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500. We'll get into throwback triple header weekend at Darlington. First, by going over the throwback schemes, the best and worst in our opinions, and who didn't even bother. And then we'll make, uh, we'll preview and make picks for all three series competing this weekend, uh, finishing off with the Goodyear 400 on Sunday um, for the Cup Series. Josh will talk about all things iRacing and Sim in his Sim segment, and we will close the deal. So, yes, uh, Dennis Hamlin uh, ended up getting the victory. We had, um, I mean, Josh brought it up uh, prior to us getting on here, 37 lead changes amongst 12 drivers. The top nine drivers all led uh, in this race. And then there was three other drivers that were spread through the field later on, um, issues for all of them. Uh, but in the at the end of the day, the stage winners, Joey Logano, won stage two. Danny Hamlin won stage one. Um, but the dominant figures in this race were Kyle Larson and Martin Truex Jr. coming off of his first win in a long time last week at Dover. Uh, Larson started second and was pretty sporty early on in the day. He, or he had a sporty uh, piece and then got spun by Tyler Reddick. You know, pissed off Larson, or as pissed as he can be, I guess, because he's basically a robot. Um, Reddick then kind of went on after that and led for a while before Martin Truex went and Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin basically traded the lead amongst themselves. Uh, Kansas, of course, has become a Toyota benefit type of facility, but Hendrick Motorsports had a lot of speed this past weekend. Um, and that was obvious in the results. Uh, Denny Hamlin did move uh, Kyle Larson late in the race to uh, move him on the final lap to go and get what is his 49th career Cup Series victory, uh, the one away from that magic 50 that would put him in some, uh, I mean, he's in great territory with a guy who used to be his teammate and Tony Stewart. But now, if he can get one more uh, through this season, he will join uh, the great Ned Jarrett and Junior Johnson at 50 career Cup Series victories, which is a pretty cool number, one that I wish Tony would have gotten but um, and definitely had plenty of chances to do so over the years. But in the grand scheme of things, a bigger story than the incident amongst the two guys that are supposedly friends in Hamlin and uh, and Larson is the racing between Ross Chastain and anybody, but one, one move in particular, which was pretty benign for Ross Chastain standards. Uh, he was racing in a multi, I think he was in between a three wide there and um, did leave room. For Noah Gregson, uh, who for my purposes will be called uh, bulk cut dipshit, um, largely because he is one and he has a bulk cut. And um, he ins insisted on running into the wall 
and then in turn freaked out on Ross Chastain because he thought Ross Chastain put him in the wall. Usually that is the case. I was afraid that when I heard Larson get spun early in the race that it was him, but it was actually Tyler Reddick, making it ironic that the Denny Hamlin car spins him at the start of the race, and then Denny Hamlin himself moves Kyle Larson to end the race. So a couple of big keys there, Josh, to focus on um, prior. um, Let me just, I should go through the the top 10 at least, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, William Byron, who started on pole, Darrell Wallace Jr. started 17th, finished 4th. Great pit stops by his team all day yesterday. Ross Chastain finished 5th and uh, took over the points lead. Joey Logano started 6th, finished 6th. William Clyde Elliott the 2nd uh, started 21st and finished 7th. Martin Truex Jr. 8th. Tyler Reddick, ninth, and uh, bald spot Dylan, 10th, one of his better racetracks, to be fair. Kevin Harvick, the best of the Stuart Haas cars in 11th. There was 22 cars on the lead lap at the end of the race there on Sunday, Josh. But yeah, those two key storylines, the 23, the Denny Hamlin versus Kyle Larson piece, and then Ross Chastain versus Bullcut D-Bag himself. Um, I'll leave it to you which order you want to go through them because we definitely have to discuss both of them. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we'll start off with the one that happened earlier in the race, the, you know, the Ross Chastain and uh, Ross, and Noah Gregson there. And, um, I mean, you know, it was very similar to what, happened back at Las Vegas in the fall with Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace. Remember, you know, Larson um, kind of took a similar path and got tight and, you know, Bubba challenged the position back on the outside and, you know, got into the wall and then hooked him in the right rear. And then, um, you know, it was kind of the similar deal there with um, Ross Chastain, you know, going through the middle and then got tight and started to drift up. But he you know, still had, uh, gave him enough room, uh, you know, on the top lane there for, uh, Gregson and, you know, Gregson's just right, riding the momentum, you know, it's coming down to, you know, around, um, you know, 70 laps to go in the race, 50 laps to go. So, you know, it's starting to get time to really challenge for position and, you know, he's riding the top lane and he's not going to lift. Uh, they're trying to, you know, sneak back around the outside and, um, Ran out, ran out of room there, and um, drifted up into the wall. So, um, you know, I guess in his mind, it's uh, Ross's fault there. And of course, um, you know, other drivers may or may not view that the same way. Um, and I guess he's the first one to finally confront Chastain after the race and try to get in uh, a word and a couple of punches. Although, you know, the officials kind of didn't really let them uh, go at it, really. Um, but. Um, I think, yeah, I think in this instance, um, yeah, it really can go either way. You can say that, well, Ross, that's uh, you know, his style of racing, taking the spot there and, um, you know, taking away really aggressively like that. And then also the other end, you know, for Gregson, you know, he's responsible. Ultimately, you're responsible for who you get around. And, you know, once, um, once Chastain got past him at the exit of, or, you know, before the exit of turn four, you know, for Gregson, you have to make a decision whether you go back and challenge the spot going onto the front stretch uh, off turn four, or uh, do you back out of it and let him go uh, and try to pass him back, you know, on the next lap or later on um, there. So, 
you know, for, you know, Gregson, he decided to try to challenge a spot and, um, you know, ended, ended up in the wall uh, uh, there and then you know, ends up later um, spinning out uh, and finishing five laps down ultimately. So, um, I mean, I, you know, Ross has been pretty aggressive. Obviously, we've seen that um, so far, uh, you know, in his career in the Cup. Um, so, yeah, I guess that type of move expected for him. Um, you know, on the other end, you know, Noah, you know, he's rookie trying to prove himself in the Cup Series, and, you know, he went up and, you know, got and uh, tried to challenge there. And then, you know, he didn't, you know, he, I guess he had enough respect to not hook him in the right rear uh, off of, you know, turn four, you know, to order him a little bit uh, there on the front stretch to let him know. But, you know, I think the real story of that is after the race, like you said, confronting me on pit road. And um, that's what, you know, other people have been saying in the past that, um, and fans and drivers alike saying that, you know, Ross probably needs to get his butt kicked uh, on, you know, on pit road or something after the race. And, you know, it's kind of leaning towards that, although Ross did throw the first strike and um, landed right there uh, on on the face. Uh, so he's got at least a somewhat decent left hook, and I'm sure Gregson was getting ready to launch one from, you know, the back 40 or whatever, uh, trying to um, get there in his face, but the officials stopped him uh, before he was able to, um, you know, make make that punch. And, of course, Noah's not surprising for him to, um, confront a driver after the race. We've seen him in 2020. Remember, he got into it uh, after Kentucky with uh, Harrison Burton. They had a pretty good spat there. Uh, then, of course, 21 with um, Daniel Hemrick uh, post-race Atlanta on pit road. Uh, they had a little confrontation there. So, um, And he does have history also with Chastain, of course. Um, Talladega, you know, they had their, their issues there uh, two weeks ago where um, – Chastain split him in the middle on the one of the final restarts and uh, ended up taking out Graxon. So you know clearly you know there's um, a little bit of love lost there. So uh, I think yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they progress forward um, and um, you know if anybody's willing to continue to challenge Chastain. Um, of course on the other end um, you know my hot take last week with Chastain um, what I was trying to convey there was that. You know, for Chastain, he has to really just embrace the villain role at this point. Um, you know, just put on the black hat, be the heel. Um, but the problem is, is I think he's just too nice uh, of a, uh, at least going, you know, presenting himself too nice and or you know, trying to say the right things and everything. Uh, but you know, just just embrace the the villain role and you know, be be the heel because um, I think driving wise, I think he's got it down being the aggressor, you know, similar to Brad Keselowski from 20, 2009 through 2014 uh, until, you know, they had that fight with Jeff Gordon and Kevin Harvick on pit road at Texas there uh, that year. Um, and you know, I think he's, you know, very similar in that, that type of mold, but he's also kind of got that same nice guy personality that Keselowski has to a degree. So, um, you know, why not? Come on, just, just do it. You know? So uh, that's, that's what I think uh, about Chastain there. So, We'll see if he um, ends up embracing it or not, um, and we'll see, you know, later on if any other drivers decide to start start confronting him there. I mean, this one, this incident here is, you know, fairly minor in terms of um, how it affected things and, you know, everything. We'll see, you know, if he gets into it with the leader of the race or, um, you know, if he gets into it with Denny again, um, if, um, you know, he's putting up a front right now to make Denny think that they're past everything and then later on he gets into it again with Danny just because or some other driver we'll see but 
yeah, that's um, that's their rivalry right now with uh, the field. Um, you know, just take the villain role, and then I guess it's on everybody else to figure out how to um, to race Ross Chastain. But yeah, the finish itself, um, you know, shaping up to be pretty good. Um, you know, Larson and Hamlin were going after it the last. 10 laps uh hamlin was starting to catch him leading into the last 10 laps and um race the deficit and it's just a matter of time for uh hamlin to figure out a way around him um got past him with about four laps to go um and took the lead but then or got close to taking the lead but then um they ran into uh, lap traffic there uh at the very end of the race um and then Hamlin wasn't able to get enough traction to get around him, uh, around Larson, um, with about, you know, four or three laps to go there. So, um, use the top, you know, I liked how he was able to kind of charge the top lane and then kind of cut down in the center of the corner and, and go down about a half lane. And he was able to make up a lot of time in both corners doing that. Whereas Larson, um, progressively got looser throughout the, um, course of a corner uh, or set of corners there so um yeah i think larson was definitely on edge there at the end and you know if um, he had won that race uh would have been pretty pretty a uh, great piece of driving there considering just how poorly he was handling uh in comparison to denny hamlin there at the very end of that race so uh, i think really the question is uh is did denny hamlin um bump him out of the way like with the intention to bump him out of the way and uh get around him or was it just like um just a case of larson because larson was already into the wall he was kind of slowed down from uh from that off the exit to turn two onto the back stretch and then um maybe hamlin was trying to kind of get a side draft off of him and maybe he was trying to change lanes or something and then just got into more of a case of getting into rather than wrecking uh kyle larson there so um I have not seen a onboard from Denny Hamlin's perspective, uh, you know, from the driver's cam or from the roof camera. So, um, yeah, I feel like you need that to really understand what was the intent there. Uh, if he finished or, you know, if he was trying to, you know, bump him out of the way or just a product more of hard racing or anything. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's how it is. And Larson, of course, uh, last couple of weeks and after winning at Richmond, you know, ends up in the fence in some way, of course, Talladega, the roll cage exposed last week, um, product of Ross Chastain's, uh, actions there. And then, uh, this one here, uh, touching the wall on the back stretch. Uh, so, you know, Larson, of course, um, has been pretty good except, um, you know, last couple of weeks had all these incidents. So sure he might be a little bit frustrated that, um, he hasn't been able to follow up the win that he had at Richmond with uh, probably three races where he could have could have had a, a shot at you know potentially getting the win, but he does finish second to Toyota uh, one year later after losing to Kurt Busch. Remember they had their battle last year and then this year uh, battling with the 2311 owner at the end and finishes in second uh, here at Kansas uh, Spring Race for the second year in a row. So Larson, of course, um, we'll move on and we'll see you know how. Uh, how he responds to um, Denny Hamlin, you know, if they get into another late race scenario, how does he r race his golfing buddy and friend off the track? So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it was a pretty good race. You know, of course, um, try to try to get into it with Gluck and even Dale Jr. on Twitter because Mike Joyce just emphatically proclaimed that this was the best uh, mile and a half, uh, four hundred mile race. Uh, ever in NASCAR and um, I was ready to challenge that one because uh, I didn't believe it um, 
because a lot of times when they try to say that they're trying to shove that in your face and there's probably some race from 1980 or or so where they had a 400 mile race on a mile and a half track that had more lead changes but i tried to look into that quickly on racing reference and couldn't find any evidence so maybe that was uh um uh, l i guess for me there and i quickly deleted my tweets because i wasn't gonna uh get uh wasn't gonna take any of the uh responses or whatever since i was wrong i guess on that one but uh it was definitely felt like a case of them trying to see you know see we have the answers this is this is the best racing you've ever seen which i mean this race was good but um i you know don't like it when the media tries to um pro you know basically toe the line i guess uh to a degree so yeah but it was a pretty good race i think uh, of course a lot of cautions i think help with that statistic uh with a lot of cars spinning and whatnot but yeah those um uh kansas proving that it seems like it's the best track for uh the next gen car in terms of racing on the track yeah i don't think that i you were wrong by any means i mean whatever stats it's hard for me to believe racing reference would actually be updated anyway going back that far uh when you talked about that, like I can there, I would always say like there was races at Atlanta for many years that were more memorable um, for many reasons. They may have not had as many lead changes per se, but I think Atlanta had a lot of great racing, especially in the old configuration, the old, old configuration. Um there are some battles at Charlotte over the years, especially in the all-star race uh, when it used to, or the Winston back in the day. And I mean, there are, there are other ones uh, I would say, but I mean, I think for them, they're grasping at straws because this season has been pretty bad uh, in general. And um, they got a decent one in terms of all the restarts, as you said, I think, when you're when you don't have any horsepower and they're all basically packed up together with the big ass spoiler, uh, you're gonna end up having that kind of racing. Um, it's similar to the trucks, which we're about to we'll talk about here shortly. But um, I mean, it's fine. Denny Hamlin gets that win. I don't know what retribution Larson's gonna do or try to do. He's not really exactly known for that sort of thing. Um, but I'm sure getting in, getting run into and twice by Denny Hamlin related vehicles in one race is probably not something he was keen on. Uh, credit to Darrell Walsh Jr. to get up to fourth. I think he wanted more from his uh, qualifying run. I, th I think if he had gotten a little better starting spot he would have been in a better place to actually compete for the win because his pit stops were really good um you know elliot moving up those two guys kind of show that there was a little bit of ability to move albeit i think some of it was strategic in terms of taking two tires or going in changing sequences in terms of when they took tires etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, if you look at some of these other guys, I mean, I said there was 22 cars on the lead lap. A lot of them drivers did score stage points. Uh, there's a few that had 
stage points, but ended up being behind that. Of course, McDowell, who finished second in the second stage and then had issues later on. Noah Gagson, we talked about, uh, finished 29th, but he finished third in that second stage. Keebler Gibbs finished third in stage one, but ended up uh, getting involved in a wreck. Uh, Kyle Bush got involved in a wreck and fell out. And then prior to that, Christopher Bell uh, wrecked uh, by himself. Those, uh, the, so in the end, those are two guys in Bell and Bush who have won this year and Keebler Gibbs, who uh, looked like a pretty uh, solid pick in recent weeks. He's kind of started to pick up his game a bit, but got himself caught out uh, racing against Martin Truex Jr. And um, Martin Truex uh, taught him a lesson. So I wonder how that'll work out at the, how that worked out at the competition meeting with uh, Reverend Gibbs. But um, I guess we'll find out. Uh, the Gregson Chastain deal—they want to ro- go and if Gregson wants to do that, I mean he's he's a publicity whore. At the end of the day, I mean he's thirty whatever in points. They've been god awful all year. Um, he's a douche. The fact is, this has been his mo anyways. If he's not gonna um, be a not compete, you know, not be able to win, which was what he was kind of a th- was a thing for a good amount of his Xfinity and truck career. Um, he's going to go and make a, make a show out of it. Uh, WWE, you know, so he'll go in there and he'll fight people and act like he's some, you know, tough guy, Billy bad, butt. but at the end of the day, uh, he's a piece of shit. And um, he's only there because of one really good year in Xfinity and bringing money to the table, albeit to be fair, it's not like the, his sponsors are really on the on the car these days. I will say that I have to you know, quantify that. I mean, there's a couple. I guess he brought Wendy's back into the sport, but uh, some of the other daddy's money sponsorship, I guess, went away once his dad got put in jail. But um, I give credit to Ross Chastain with the Manny Pacquiao level hook that he got on uh, Gagson. It was really quality punch. It's unfortunate that these security and whatever insist on doing that. I kind of wanted to see what was next. If he was going to go and call for a watermelon and just smash it on his head, that would have been good. Um, I think really kind of because he's got that stupid haircut, he could have ran right in, tried to run right into Ross right in his like midsection. That might have been an interesting way to go. Probably would have gotten him in a concussion protocol, but there was a lot of potential there in that fight that we really won't know about. Um, I think there's, I think they could have a handicap match with how many people want to beat the crap out of Ross Chastain. But then on the other side, you'd have Justin Marks, you'd have Pitbull. Whoever Pitbull knows in Miami, Daniel Suarez and all the amigos. Uh, I mean, he would have people, and then he'd have all his family, his farming family, <clears throat> out in wherever in Florida, Alva. So you know they they probably go old school. So I think it would be a good uh, wrestling match if they had that sort of thing at 
the all-star race, like when Humpy Wheeler used to come up with all those great gimmicks. The points as we move to Darlington this coming weekend. Let's uh, look at that. Excuse me. I have to go and bring that up right there. So Ross Chastain is the overall points leader by 31 over Christopher Bell. Both Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin are are five points behind Bell, so three of the four Gibbs cars, second, third, and fourth. Uh, pretty pretty solid, I'd have to say. Um, and then you look, if you get further on, you have four Toyotas in the top six. Kevin Harvick, the lone Ford, kind of in there. Uh, Blaney, Larson, Byron, Keselowski, Logano, Kyle Busch, Chris Busher. Oh, Richard, um, Alex Bowman, and uh, Daniel Suarez uh, are the top 16 now because Alex Bowman hasn't been in the car uh, the last couple of weeks. He's not um, theoretically eligible. So he would, that means Chase Briscoe is on the bump spot when you get into. Uh, the whatever playoff point standings you have, uh, what is it, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine drivers who have won so far in 12 races, three drivers who have won twice in Larson, Byron, and Bush. Um, all three of the three of the four guys on Gibbs and then Tyler Reddick. So four of the six drivers in Toyotas have won so far this year as well. Only um, one, yeah, that's right. Only one Ford driver that has won this year. That's Joey Logano. And then you have other Fords in your Harvick, Blaney, Brad, Busher, Boer, and then Briscoe right now. But he's only two points ahead of Darrell Walls Jr. uh, for that final spot. Gibbs lost some ground, uh, lost a spot in points after his rough finish mcdowell rounds out the top 20 uh it's actually 19th and Cindric is 20th in official points clyde moves himself uh in a 29th in points he's only a point behind ryan priest who's run all 12 races and uh then he's got some a little bit of ground to make up on the two drivers for colleague and Eric Almirola, Eric Jones, and the like. So both, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, Clyde and uh, Clyde and um, Bowman are going to have to win to get in the playoff. So that would at that point make 11. And then you look at some of these other guys who, who haven't won that one last year. Uh, it isn't, doesn't have that same kind of feel in terms of the parody aspect of it, but it kind of looks like we're going to have a high number of different winners um, at this rate if it kind of continues down this path. So it's nearly halfway through the regular season, too. Got to keep that in mind. Um, going into the truck series, the uh, 
Heart of America 200 at Kansas Speedway. The trucks there, and then, yeah, I took that over there. So, saw Grand Enfinger get the victory, dominant figure there. Um, eighth truck series win for him. Ended up finishing in the top five in both stages. Led the most laps. Started 11th, so kind of shows that uh, there was ability to move through the race. Um, they only had two cautions for the first stage, then, uh, or they had one regular caution in, I, in both of the, the first two stages, one caution each, then the stage breaks. Then there was, then it really started picking up. Uh, the big wreck that took place was Chase Purdy, uh, Dean Thompson, Christian Eckes, who started on pole, you know, Carson Hosevar and Chris Wright. Uh, they all, um, or no, not Chris Wright, uh, number or D Burrito. Um, all got involved in a wreck after uh, a few laps after restart or, or on a restart. So took out some strong players. Ty Majeski uh, won a stage, but ended up finishing 25th. And there was more controversy connected to Ty Majeski uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, some comments made by one of his pit crew members. I'm not sure who they were addressed towards, but this that particular pit crew member has had issues uh, with conduct detrimental uh, in the sport before. So uh, something to keep an eye on, maybe, as we go along. Uh, Purdy had gotten stage points in both stages. So did Raja Karuth, who ended up getting involved in a wreck prior to that with... Um, Ty Majeski, Hosevar, and Ekis. So, uh, even Dean Thompson. So, those guys all had a, a tough uh, time out there. And Finger gets the victory over Corey Heim, Zane Smith, Stuart Friesen, Ross Chastain. Nick Sanchez, Kyle Busch was the winner of Stage 1. Um, Jake Garcia, Taylor Gray, Tyler Ankrum round out the top 10. There were 12 Trucks on the lead lap, uh, Matt Crafton and Haley Deegan round out those trucks. Um, Tony Breidinger in her truck debut started 24th, finished 15th. And the victorious secret Toyota. Um, some other people there trying to go through. Lawless Allen uh, came up from tailback and cut it. Cut his deal in half there, finished 17. Uh, Johnny Sauter in his first race for the 0-4 team, finished 19th. The 22, just thinking about the fact that they're taking this week off, um, finished 24th. So they'll lose points in regards to the owners there. But Granin Finger gets the victory, um, you know, kind of gives himself a puts himself in the mix for this truck series championship. It's not like he wasn't going to be in the mix largely because he's one of the veteran drivers in this sport 
and has been at it a long time gives the regulars as it stands now three four five different winners so halfway half of the top 10 is filled with drivers who have won Carson Hosovar is in with the win but is 16th in points so that is kind of an issue but it's kind of it also speaks to what the format is so that uh i mean we'll get into the points in more detail later on but yeah grenin finger goes and gets the win he's only 15 points out of third place right now in points too so uh starting to pick things up a little bit there josh for n finger the longtime veteran uh here in the truck series yeah, of course, and you know, not only for Grant Infinger picking it up, but I mean, it's also a pretty big win for the organization for GMS. Uh, of course, um, struggling in Cup right now with uh, you know the Legacy Motor Club deal, but you know, you still have GMS on the truck side, and um, you know, they're kind of kind of been quietly performing fairly well, and finally comes out uh, here this past weekend, Grant Infinger getting the win, um, but. Uh, you know, with I, I think um, yeah, this this race um, pretty interesting as well. Um, a lot of you know, I think a lot of the lead changes happened up front. Um, disappointing result for uh, Ben Rhodes. Of course, I picked him, finished uh, 16th uh, off the lead lap, one lap down, and uh, you know led 17 laps. Uh, so you know he was up there for a bit, but you know, ended up uh, finishing in you know, 16th place there. Uh, Kyle Busch, uh, surprised honestly that he wasn't more competitive as well. Only led 11 laps, uh, this race. So, um, you know, I think we both, you know, every time Kyle Busch is in a race in the truck series, I think, you know, he's automatically going to win or he's going to lead a, a chunk of the laps and, um, didn't do either of that. So it was a little bit surprising there, but, uh, shows, uh, you know, just how tough, uh, the truck series can be, uh, of course, um, but yeah, and finger, uh, dominated this race pretty thoroughly and, uh, ended up winning, uh, of course, Zane Smith, uh, who I think is probably going to be the favorite, you know, for, uh, the championship still chugging along. Of course, now he's, uh, tied with Ty Majeski currently in points, but I think, you know, Zane Smith, um, you know, still important, uh, to continue to score, uh, top fives and, um, top tens and still, you know, at least lead laps and, um, you know, main, maintain, uh, his level of competitiveness on a week to week basis. Um, of course, Korheim also got uh top five and he's, you know, been up there, or, you know, finished second. So, um, you know, he's also been fairly good this year as well. So, um, you know, a lot of the, um, regulars in the series, uh, ended up, you know, doing better than I think what we expected. And you also have some of the newer guys and the young guys in this series, um, you know, continuing to uh, push along and get top fives like Corey Heim and uh, Zane Smith. Uh, of course, Ross Chastain finished in fifth uh, and got a good, good amount of racing in before the cup race the next day. Uh, Sanchez sixth place uh, started and finished in sixth. So uh, good, uh, good result for him there. But, yeah, and finger um, maybe making a move now to potentially position himself uh, for the playoffs later in the year. But um, yeah, I think he's still 
got a long way to go for um, him to, you know, catch up to Zane Smith and really be a, you know, real threat. Because I, I think, you know, based on, you know, the schedule and based on how uh, Zane Smith's been racing this year, you know, I think he's going to um, end up being the you know, odds-on favorite again to repeat uh, in this title. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, he definitely um, has a challenger in, in, in finger. Considering how weird the truck schedule is and the variety of tracks that they run, uh, Endfinger will just kind of be there. He'll he'll grind out a finish as long as that thing's got all four wheels on it. Uh, so you can't count him out. He won at uh, IRP last year. I think that was either on the edge of the playoffs or the first race of the playoff. So, I mean, it, it, he picks and chooses his spots. And then when you consider GMS, like uh, you said, Josh, there's, I mean, Daniel Dye has struggled most of the year. Raja Karuth has had his struggles as well. Probably had better runs than what his, his finishes show. So to get that victory, I think, is definitely good for the organization. Of course, there's a lot of um, stuff changing there. They're going to Toyota. So I wonder how that'll work out. I would venture to say that uh, the whatever Tricon garage situation that they have right there might just end up uh, swapping out to GMS, uh, which will probably screw up their whole deal. But, you know, it is what it is with that. But that's for later on in the year, I guess, for everybody to figure that out. Um in terms of the truck series standings, uh, Josh did mention Zane Smith, Ty Majeski tied for the points lead, but Zane Smith, of course, has two wins. Um, in the playoff standings, Zane Smith, Corey Heim, Grant Infinger, Christian Eckes, and Carson Hosevar make up the top five. Then Ty Majeski, Ben Rhodes, uh, Matt Crafton, Tanner Gray, and Nick Sanchez rounds out the top 10. So um, that means nine. So the guys that are inside the top 10 are all um, in there. Matt DiBurito's the first driver out, uh, 12 points out of the cutoff. Chase Purdy a further six points, so 18 points back overall. And then 21 back is Stuart Friesen. 24 back, Jake Garcia, who hasn't even run every race. So credit to him uh, for the performance he's had so far this year. I mean, Jake Garcia, in terms of the regular drivers, is, is sixth in average finish at 11.3. He has four top tens and seven starts, uh, which is really solid. I mean, the only guys that are ahead of him are Enfinger, Rhodes, Heim, Zane Smith, and Ty Majeski, who are all right now reside in the top five of overall points. So Jake Garcia is running really, really well, and um, it's something to look at in terms of uh, his uh, viability later on in the season. I mean, Ekis has had 
more issues. I mean, he's won one race. He has two top fives, three top tens, but um, definitely had issues. He's had three DNFs so far. I mean, you look at all these other drivers that I mentioned. Haim has only fell out of one race so far this year. Um, same as Jake Garcia, but the rest of them have finished every race. So that's something we're going to have to look at for Ekis and his overall viability later on this year. Um, Nick Sanchez definitely has a lot of speed. Has uh, been close so a few times already towards that victory, but uh, we're going to see how that goes. Um, they'll be racing, of course, at Darlington, as I mentioned, next week amongst all three NASCAR major NASCAR series. Grand Prix of Miami will uh, take place next uh, this for the uh, show and. Really, uh, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance and stuff that pissed off a lot of F1 purists. And uh, But in the end, it was the same old, same old. It was uh, Fish Lips with the victory at, uh, at the Miami parking lot. Um, I mean, it's, it's really what it is. Um, blah, 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 blah. the I'm trying to go through. Oh, now, oh, no. oh, okay, whatever. Uh, they're talking about Miami running as a night race, which, um, I mean, who really cares? Um, first stop and would have beaten Prez on the same strategy. Then why didn't you put him on the same strategy? Um, but whatever, and Verstappen gets the victory. I think what did they say? It was his thirty eighth career victory for Verstappen. So, uh, I guess good on him. Uh, I'm trying to go and see if they even updated it here on this page. The answer is no. So, um. Yeah, I think they said it was his 38th career victory in Formula One, won by 5.384 seconds over his teammate and pole sitter for the race, Sergio Perez. And then they had a 21, near 21 second gap on Fernando Alonso, who finished third. George Russell, Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc, Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, and Kevin Magnussen round out the top 10. Um, there were, yeah, so, yeah, and there are two retirements there, or no, not two retirements, two cars that were a lap down. So, um, 18 of the 20 cars finished on a lead lap, all the cars finished, et cetera, et cetera. But for stopping, as I mentioned earlier, Josh had the hard tires to start because he was in ninth position didn't really have a whole lot to go through to get towards the front. And then he was able to basically dictate how the race finished um, and pass Sergio Perez late to get that victory and add to his points lead. Yeah, of course. And yeah, I think for stopping starting in ninth um, there, he was able to 
drive through the field like a knife through or hot knife through butter. So um, really, really uh, easy for him to get that win um, in this past weekend at uh, Miami, of course. Um, I mean, it did kind of look a little bit interesting towards the end when he came in for his final pit stop and uh, gave up the lead to his teammate there and uh, gave the opportunity to at least see if uh, there could be a chance for Sergio Perez to possibly defend his uh, against his teammate. But, um, you know, Verstappen was able to um, make relatively quick work of uh, Perez and get around him and go for the win. Um, you know, there's a few set of corners where, you know, Sergio was able to really uh, defend course uh, minister of defense there but just wasn't enough um, being on a different set of you know he was on the hard tires at the end and we stopping of course had uh, just changed tires and of course had better tires uh, at that point so uh, you know it was really easy there once he um, got around his teammate there so um, I mean it's pretty easy pretty easy to tell I mean I feel like maybe you know if this was a different track you know if this was the U.S. Grand Prix and, you know, where we have Coda having, um, you know, the pavement worn out and old pavement, maybe there could have been a chance for, uh, you know, for Perez to play defense a little bit and try to hold them off and wear out Verstappen's uh, tires uh, and, and everything. But, um, you know, this is a brand new track uh still in terms of you know in terms of the pavement so there's not really um a whole lot uh there for you know for stopping to uh, you know wear out his tires by trying to you know drive hard to catch him so really easy for Verstappen to go through uh his teammate there at the end uh but yeah i mean fairly you know fairly processional but you know there was some good action uh you know towards the you know end of the tail end of the midfield the um you know back half of the field there um i was paying attention to the hosses in particular because of the free chipotle uh promotion that they were doing and um first you know nico hulkenberg finished uh or well finishing um 15th place but you know he's up in the top 10 towards eighth place and then uh, magnuson was also competing in the top 10 and ends up getting a 10th place finish there at the end um so that was kind of interesting. Uh, you know, Lewis, um, you know, he started, you know, pretty poorly. He was on, um, you know, finished or started 13th and got up to sixth, uh, in his car, which, you know, was obviously not a very good handling car, uh, throughout most of the weekend, but is able to at least get a top 10 out of it. So, um, you know, I think the tire strategy, even though, you know, personally, I didn't feel there's, you know, a whole lot of tire wear per se, um, at least, uh, it made it somewhat interesting for, you know, positions to kind of change, uh, in the back half of the field. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, Verstappen still goes out there, uh, and dominates. But, um, I think, you know, Alonso getting another podium, that's pretty interesting as well. Um, the Ferraris of course had their issues throughout the weekend, uh, but they are both able to get top tens, uh, in this one. And, uh, you can see, uh, Sonoda, you know, even though he finished, uh, in 11th outside the points, still pretty good day, uh, considering where he qualified going from 10th or from 22nd all the way, um, up to 11th. So, uh, still good result there, uh, even though if it doesn't always, uh, you know, result in the points. So he's been, been pretty good in terms of being able to really, uh, maximize the, uh, result of the, 
AlphaTauri car, which you know, I think maybe some people might argue is one of the more slower cars uh, on the grid this year. Uh, you know, certainly uh, in comparison to you know where where they were in the past. But you know, he's um, definitely been one of the better drivers really this season in terms of maximizing results. Uh, but yeah, I mean, mostly processional Grand Prix for the most part. Um, you know, I think um, the F1 people, their marketers, their you know, trying to market this, and then it seems like they're going to do it to the Las Vegas Grand Prix as well, but they're saying it's the greatest spectacle in motorsport, of course, um, which is an insult, I think, to, it's a cheap shot, it's a little cheap jab there to IndyCar racing, um, which, of course, had a huge presence, Alex, uh, uh, not outbound, but uh, IndyCar champion, uh, why, Alex, from what Alex Below was yeah. a champion oh, a couple of years Below. ago. Yeah. And yeah, then, he, was, um, he was there. Uh, yeah, he was there at McLaren's uh, pit stop the whole the whole weekend. And actually actually I think they, they labeled him as Pato Award on Friday. Nice. Yeah. That's good. And Pato yeah. yeah, he was out on the beach somewhere, so <laughs> um yeah, that was pretty interesting. And then Hinchtown was there as well providing uh commentary for sky sports uh but for you know f1 to go and do that i mean come on we know who the greatest spectacle in racing is it's been established as such for the past 107 years now so and we're going to see it in two weeks so um you know give give respect to the indycar guys who've given tons of respect to y'all uh but i guess you know indycar got to start going the offensive here in terms of promotion and showing them why and shout out to indycar on nbc for being able to um at least do a quick quick response to that and show them on um twitter exactly why the indy 500 is the greatest spectacle in racing so um gotta continue to show that and start um putting up some uh, competition against uh, F1 because, um, of course, F1. I think think the fans know it though, but you know they gotta at least uh, show them from you know the social media point as well to be able to you know fight and compete for um, you know TV time and uh, you know respect and everything like that. Yeah, they had TV time. I mean, you brought up Hinch. Uh, Miss Hummer was there. Uh, promoting her right-wing conspiracies or whatever the hell she's promoting or yoga or wine or some other thing that has nothing to do with racing or knob gobbling, which is her best profession, I think. Um, the race itself was a procession and a waste of time, but then we're just going to keep on going to that dump. So whatever. Um, I mean, I, I really don't understand what the point of what the exercise, what exercise we're trying to uh, accomplish by racing there, but you know, that's just me. Um, I mean, it's, I go back and let's go and get into the points here, uh, the standings as we move on to the Parmigiano Reggiano Grand Prix in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, Verstappen leads Perez by 14 points. Uh, for the best of the rest, Fernando Alonso's 19 points ahead of Lewis Hamilton in fourth, and then 31 ahead of Carlos Sainz, who's in fifth. Sainz, Russell, Leclerc separated by six points total. Um, Hamilton, Sainz separated by 12. 
then Lance Stroll in eighth, Lando Norris last of the double-digit point scorers so far um, in um, ninth, Pierre Gasly in tenth, uh, rounding that out. Uh, they show with a race with the um, uh, Baku with the um, excuse me the the sprint race points and all that, but as it stands in uh, Sergio Perez's won two races this year, while um, Max Verstappen's won three, and I think he's finished second in the other two that he didn't win. So. That's part of the difference versus uh, Checo finishing fifth in Australia. That's the separation there. Uh, Fernando Alonso has finished third in four out of the five races so far this year. Uh, The one time he didn't was at Baku where Leclerc got that position. Hamilton, second in Australia. Otherwise, fifth and sixth and behind that will... Uh, well, um, that's the reason where he's why he's there. Signs uh, fell out of Australia. Um, explains part of his deal. Leclerc's fallen out of two out of the first five through first three before recovering with uh, that podium and then a seventh on Sunday. And uh, they really that's about it there, uh, Russell has finished four out of the five races so far this year, um, fourth being the highest result for him. So they're going to be hoping that this new upgrade that comes at Imola starts to fix the litany of issues that that car has so that they can actually compete, maybe, <laughs> to um, do something in this in this championship. I think the real battle is with themselves, Ferrari and Aston Martin, uh, largely because there's really no chance in hell that they're going to get to Red Bull. Unless a meteor hits the Red Bull factory or something. Um, We'll move on to the uh, roundup here. Uh, Formula E ran at Monaco. It was a very active uh, race there's a lot of lead there's a lot of passing lead changes proving that you can pass at monaco you just need electric cars to do it that are pretty narrow and go at a much slower speed uh the monaco race review sees um nick cassidy get the victory after starting ninth and uh, beating fellow Jaguar-powered, of course, factory Jaguar driver Mitch Evans and Avalanche Andretti driver Jake Dennis in third. So two uh, Kiwis and a Brit there on the podium. Sasha Fenetraz, who started in second, and... Jake Hughes, who started on pole, Nissan-powered Nissan factory, and then the Nissan customer, McLaren team, fourth and fifth. Dick Tantrum, John Eric Verne from 22nd to 7th, Sebastian Buemi, uh, Cassidy's teammate, and eighth, Stoffel Van Dorn from 21st to 9th, and then point former points leader Pascal Verline in 10th. 
uh, all within 6.7 seconds. So credit to those guys. Uh, they'll be taking a month off before they go to Jakarta, Indonesia for a double header. And then they will come to the United States for the first time and race in Portland, uh, which should be pretty cool. Hopefully it is raining. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the point standings after this race are now um, much uh, have swapped around a bit. Uh, Nick Cassidy with two consecutive victories and three podiums in the last four rounds has taken over the points lead by 20 over Pascal Verline, who's led most of the year, I think. Then uh, Verline five points ahead of Jake Dennis and seven points ahead of Mitch Evans. So four different teams represented, um, two manufacturers, of course, with uh, Jaguar and Porsche. The DS uh, driver, Jean-Eric Verne, in fifth, uh, former champion of this series, the first former champion of this series that's up there. Uh, he is 14 points out of second. Then there's a big gap between himself and former series champion Antonio Felix da Costa in his second factory Porsche. Sam Bird, Sebastian Buemi, Jake Hughes, and Rene Rast round out the top 10. Going into World Superbikes at Barcelona last week uh, was more of the same, more of Alvaro Bautista domination um, at uh Catalonia winning all three races and um, increasing his points lead. Rascat Lioku finished second in all three races. Uh, through different riders in all three races in the third step. Johnny Ray in race one. Super Pole race. Andrea Locatelli and Michael Ruben Rinaldi in race two. So the points right now see Alvaro Bautista up by the 60, 69 points. Um, and then over 103, he's 103 points ahead of Andrea Locatelli and 136 points ahead of Johnny Ray in fourth. Uh, Garrett Gerloff is in 13th, uh, just two points. He's two points out of Philip Odell. And uh, five points out of factory BMW rider Scott Redding. So he's the best BMW rider right now. That uh, tells you where they're at. Um, unfortunately for Garrett Gerloff there and that uh, manufacturer not really bringing the pace. Hopefully that can change as the season goes on, though. Uh, the... I didn't see, I forgot to say when the next round will be, but whatever. Get into F1 Academy. Didn't really talk about it when they were de debuting a few weeks ago, but um, we'll kind of get through that here. They ran at uh, Austria at the end of April, so I guess we'll say two weeks ago there. Marta Garcia won two out of the three rounds. Uh, Alma Al Amno Al Kubasi, uh, 
from uh, the Emirates, United Arab Emirates, her and her sister racing in this was a winner of race two. Uh, her sister, Hamda, won uh, race one this past weekend at Valencia. Bianca Bustamante, the winner in race two. And Marta Garcia was a winner in race three. They will go uh, two weeks' time to Barcelona. Um, for uh, the round three and those races, the standings right now uh, see Marta Garcia leading by 26 over Hamda Al-Kobasi, uh, Nerea Marti in third, Bulher uh, in fourth, and Am Amna Al-Kobasi in fourth. Bianca Bustamante is in sixth. I'm trying to go through here and make sure there's only one driver that hasn't scored points so far this year, or so far in the six rounds, is Caceres. So that tells you how bad uh, they are. Prema leading pretty solidly, um, 28 points ahead of MP Motorsport there. Um, trying to go through and make sure. Uh, yeah, Caceres is driving for uh, the Campos team. And, uh, yeah, so Spanish. And Caceres is from Uruguay. And uh, Formula 4, and she raced. So she basically doesn't have any experience. That would explain it. Uh, just kind of going through. I want to make sure uh, I'm checking in on who is where and what I'm trying to make sure that, uh, yeah, Bustamante, Chong, Marta Garcia, at three years as she's considered a British driver. Okay. I don't think there are any American drivers on this grid, uh, compared to previous, uh, racing women's series where they've had at least one uh, woman driver They from America. They've not had, uh, not bothered to have the um, participation, I guess. And Jessica Edgar, Megan, yeah. So a lot of Brits, a Canadian, Megan Gilks uh, is uh, the, and she's 10th in points. So I guess she's the closest. Uh, driver, so she's a uh, looks like a driver for at Aston Martin, really, with the green uniform, but whatever. Let's move forward to uh, the Moto GP and Moto 2 at Le Mans this coming weekend. They will, um, at the Bugatti circuit, of course, and probably where they should run the French Grand Prix. For being honest, Peko Bagnaya coming off of the win uh, last round at uh, and Hareth over Brad Binder and Jack Miller. He um, he currently leads the uh, points in uh, or yeah he currently leads the points by twenty two over Marco Besecchi. 
Binder in third, Miller in fourth, Maverick Vinales in fifth. It's a very tight battle, essentially, from Jack Miller all the way to uh, Franco Morbidelli in 12th is separated by 15 points. So that's a, that's a pretty big group of riders there, and you can separate that even further. You get 20 points between 4th and 13th. So a lot of movement that can take place as we move forward here um, as the season goes on. Uh, there'll be some fill-in riders again this weekend for uh, the French Grand Prix. We'll let you know who those riders are, of course, um, at in France accordingly. In Moto2, the uh, riders, or Moto2, they got... I'm trying to get over here and figure... Where is that Moto2? Turning it over there because their website is the website trying to get through to see um, these different riders is uh, is pretty bad uh, or see the trying to get the information, let alone um, the results. There you go. Whatever. Got that. Great. Um, there. Okay. That's what I wanted. Um, last race, uh, Moto Two, they were uh, saw Sam Lowe's get the victory over Pedro Acosta and Alonso Lopez, Tony Arbolino, and Aaron Kinnett. The um, top five, Jake Dixon, rounding out the top six. Uh, the championship standings for Moto Two see Acosta tied with Arbolino, Aaron Kinnett in third, Alonso Lopez in fourth. Sam Lowe's with his win gets up to fifth. The points from 50, yeah, so Aaron Kinnett in third uh, to Jake Dixon in seventh is 16 points. Um, you know, 23 points to Somkiat Chantra, uh, so from third to eighth there. Um, good battle, I guess, from fourth to Seventh, and you have another battle from eighth through to, I would say, all the way to 15th. Uh, Joe Roberts is 18th in points, only scored six so far this year. There's a bunch of riders that have not scored points, including uh, the American, other American, Sean Dillon Kelly, riding for the American racing team. Hopefully, they can get over the hump. At Elba. IMSA will be back this weekend at Laguna Seca, saying for the 25th uh, consecutive year. So, in some way, shape, or form, of course, it's all different series they've had. Uh, GTP will have nine entries out of the 38 total. JDC Miller will be pre will be debuting their Porsche 963. Uh, customer car, the usual suspects. Otherwise, the two Porsches, the two, the uh, one Cadillac from uh, Ganassi, and then the one Cadillac from Whalen Engineering. Then you have the two BMWs, and then the two Acuras. In LMP2, there will be eight teams. Crowd strike by 
racing by APR, Tower Motorsport, TDS racing with two cars, um, Era Motorsport, high class racing. Uh, the Rick Ware racing team will have one Juan Pablo Montoya driving. Uh, they are saying he's from Brazil, but he's from Colombia. So I don't know how that happened. Um, you'll be working with Eric Lux for, he'll be driving in three rounds. This is the first of three races he'll drive with that team. And then the PR one masses in motorsports 52 with Ben Keating. There'll be five cars in GT pro, uh, the, uh, Corvette number three, the FAP Motorsports Porsche, Faster Sullivan Lexus, Harder Racing Aston, and the WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. In GT Daytona, they have the biggest uh, list, of course, with 16. Uh, um, with, uh, let's see here. You got a couple, the two Turner BMWs. Andretti Autosport is actually um, entering a... Um, Aston Martin in this race with uh, all their sponsors from LMP3 for Jared Andretti and Gabby Chavez since uh, Jared is a silver. Kelly Moss Racing, their two Porsches. And then you connect that with also the AO Racing Porsche number 80. Lamborghini will have representation from uh, Forte Racing. Right Motorsports, they'll also have a Porsche GT3 out there, number 77. Inception Racing McLaren, Gradient Racing Acura with Sheena Monk and Catherine Legg. Russell Ward, Philip Ellis, the Mercedes, Windward Racing Mercedes, Magnus Racing Aston, Korthoff Racing Mercedes, Harder Racing, second car, their second Aston Martin, Vassar Sullivan Lexus, and the Paul Miller Racing BMW. Let you know who uh, wins there at Laguna Seca here on next week's episode. I'm trying to see who else is there. So, yeah, Rally Portugal coming up. So the entry list, they said there's 90, 90 cars in the entry list amongst, uh, I think, four different classes. So we'll... Um, bring that up here and let you know uh, in terms of the rally one uh, there's eight cars there will be three cars from hyundai three cars from toyota and then the two fords you got newville and uh, newville danny sordo and uh, s s lapi for hyundai for Toyota, the defending world champion, Cali Rovampera, Effin um, Evans, and Takamoto Katsuda. And then the Fords will uh, see former champion Otanek and uh, Pierre-Louis Loubet. The Rally 2 category is very um, healthy and will be the deepest, I think, of the Deepest part of the field, really, or there are some rally four and rally five. So I guess maybe that's that's wrong. But uh, some of the names that people might remember uh, from that are in rally two at the moment: Oliver Solberg, formerly in a World Rally Championship, along with Gus Greensmith, 
Timo Sunanen for Hyundai. So somebody that probably is on the cusp of moving up. Andreas Mickelson, Adrian Formo. All those guys have been up there uh, in the big cars, but currently are in the Rally 2 category. We'll go through some of these other drivers, anybody that really stands out to me, but doesn't really look like it. So we'll, it's a pavement rally. Uh, so different things in mind, trying to go and get wanting to have better uh, track position, uh, not wanting to sweep the road for the other drivers still plays a role on pavement. Um, but you also want to make sure that, you know, they're, even if you're running later, that you're not driving in the ditches either. So uh, with some of the cuts that they have to make on these curves. Championship standings, uh, former multi-time world champion Sebastian Ogier, who's only run three of the first four rounds and will be three of the first five rounds, but he's won twice so far this year. Efren Evans has won once and finished in the top five in all four races. Cali Rovampera making a Toyota 1-2-3, three-fourths in a second so far. Um, Atenek, a winner, the only other winner so far in 2023, and his Ford um, basically all over the place in results. Newville, the best of the Hyundais in fifth. Lappy in sixth. Breen in seventh. Katsuda in eighth. Then um, Sordo and Lou Bay in ninth and tenth. Oliver Solberg actually is 11th in the World Championship driving in uh, WRC2. Gus Greensmith, a point behind him. The next one would be Extreme E. Uh, there was a driver change announced, I think, earlier today uh, for one of the teams. So things always changing in Extreme E. Andreas Bakkerud will be driving uh, for, for Jensen Button's outfit this weekend. Um, will be with Heda, yeah, Heda Hosas. Next round can be all Norwegian as a as a remainder of 2023 campaign, uh, replacing Heike Kovalainen. So, I think championship and competitiveness wise, it probably makes sense. Uh, the, the championship standings after one one round sees uh, My, Molly Taylor and. Kevin Hansen driving for the Loach uh, team, leading or tied with Layla Sands and Matthias Ekstrom for the Aconia Signs XC team. So um, then 15 points behind is the Rosberg team of Michaela Allen Kotolinski and Johan Christofferson. Uh, fourth is the X44 Vita Carbon racing team of Christina Gutierrez and Fraser McConnell, the American duo of Amanda Sorensen and RJ Anderson for Hummer EV Ganassi, fifth, and so on and so forth. Uh, moving on, and we'll see how things go this weekend in the double 
Bryce Rounded is now the new format of Extreme E. Indy Next will be at at uh, Indianapolis Road Course this coming weekend. Uh, the info, whatever, Christian Rasmussen uh, leads his teammates in points right now. The one win, one of the two wins so far this year, and a pole, 86 points, five ahead of his uh, teammate Nolan Siegel. Daniel Frost, a winner already this year, and is 15 points back of Rasmussen in third. And uh, Jacob Abel, Ernie Francis round out the top five. Josh Green for HMD. So five of the top six are HMD. The first Andretti Autosport Cars, Hunter, Hunter McElray in seventh. And then, yeah, you have some of the first Cape Motorsports teams, Enam Ahmed in 10th. Um, Chadwick is 13th. Uh, yeah, Jagger Jones, the Junko Hollander driver, Matteo Nanini is in 18th, formerly of the uh, Formula One uh, development uh, ladder. Rasmus Lind and Josh Pearson rounding out the back there um, going into this weekend uh, at uh, Indianapolis Road Course. So speaking of Indianapolis Road Course, we have the uh, Indy, the NTT IndyCar Series coming back this week. The GMR Grand Prix on Saturday afternoon, 3.30 just to review the points, um, the uh, sees Marcus Erickson leading with 130 points, three ahead of Pato Award, nine ahead of 2021 champion Alex Pillow, um, 11 ahead of Scott McLaughlin, who's in fourth, uh, coming off of a victory at Baba. Um, Roman Grosjean, who's finished second in two of the races so far this year. And um, is in fifth. Or no, he didn't finish second last race, right? Um, am I or am I remembering that wrong? Um, but whatever. Um, yeah, New Garden, Will Powers, Scott Dixon, Kirkwood, and Colton Herta round out your top ten in points. So yeah, Josh, um, I'll uh, open it up to you. We've been talking for a while. Indy Road Course, they've been running at this place for a few years. Now they've been doing it twice a year uh, for a while. Um, so there's what, uh, I think I think the majority of the 11 races or 13 races uh, total at this racetrack. Um, the best average finish is Will Power, of course, five times a winner there. Average start of 3.8, average finish of 6.3. Lundgaard has done well in limited starts. Scott Dixon and Graham Rehall are second and third amongst drivers who have ran every race there. Alexander Rossi actually is um, fourth, and Simon Pagano is fifth, but Rossi didn't run a couple of the races there, but Kind of figure if you're double digit rounds, you're 
in the mix that way. So, yeah, let what say you on the uh, Indy Road Course this coming weekend as they lead into the month of May, Josh? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, it is the month of May, and we begin the month of May by going to the road course um, here at Indianapolis. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because, um, of course, Penske has been pretty dominant over the years at this track. Of course, Will Power has uh, the most wins uh, on this road course. Uh, Scott Dixon has also been pretty well, even though he has, only has one win uh, here at Newgarden uh, and um and New Garden Pagano, of course, Pagano is no longer with Penske, but uh, uh, New Garden has performed well uh, at this racetrack as well. So uh, I think, yeah, I think Will Power has a really good shot uh, at winning this race. Of course, uh, you know this this year, uh, you know, got one podium so far this year at Barber uh, a week ago. Uh, Long Beach finished in sixth. Uh, and seventh at St. Petersburg, so he's been doing fairly solidly uh, in terms of um, uh, street and road courses. Of course, podium last week at Barber, uh, which I think is very key going to Indianapolis. And uh, can't forget about uh, Scott McLaughlin, of course, who has done, uh, you know, of course, won the previous race uh, at. And he's won the previous race uh, at uh, Barber, and um, I also think you know want to watch uh, Romain Grosjean, who's been running fairly well um, this year and has uh, been uh, pretty good on uh, the road course in general uh, here at Indianapolis. Course first career pole in IndyCar uh, came here in the 51 uh, back in 2021, uh, so I think he's a really good shot and. Uh, honestly, that's I think that's who I'm going to pick here uh, this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go with Roman Grosjean finally getting a career win, number one in IndyCar after two full-time years and the part-time year that he did in 21. Uh, I think you know he um, if he can win the pole or qualify, um, you know, in the tops, the fast six. Uh, I think uh, he has a good shot if he can get out front. Um, obviously, this is going to be a probably a track position race, um, you know, indie road course. Well, it's very, very technical road course with, um, two really fast straights. Uh, so I think, um, it's going to be really key to have good track position in this race, uh, this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I'll go with, um, uh, go with Roman as our, our, or for me, my winner, um, wild card, uh, you know, wild card, uh, you know, I want to go with, uh, Marcus Armstrong is my wild card because uh, um, he's he's uh, done pretty well. Uh, of course, uh, got uh, 26th to 11th in uh, Barber. So now, as he goes to Indianapolis, can he get um, his uh, first career IndyCar top 10? Even though that's not actually a statistic, can he finish in the top 10 for the first time IndyCars uh, this this weekend so uh should be interesting though and you know i think whoever wins this race may have a chance um at winning you know at the indianapolis 500 it gives you a lot of momentum of course last year rain race uh with colton herda with that amazing highlight that he had in the s's uh, off the long back straight uh on this road course uh sliding and um about about crashed and spun out here a year ago in the wet but um, should be interesting regardless uh, of that. And if it rains, it'll de definitely make it more uh, interesting in that, in that respect. But um, yeah, looking, looking to see if uh, Roman can finally get his first win here in an IndyCar. 
both solid picks there. Uh, I mean, Roman Grosjean has been on the cusp of that victory, uh, whether it's St. Pete or uh, Baba uh, a couple weeks ago. So it isn't a bad pick, as you mentioned, because of his previous experience and success at the Indy Road Course, a place where Andretti Autosport over the years has had some good pace, uh, like Colton Hurd, as you mentioned last year, who won in the rain. Uh, for me, I'll just go with Will Power because coming off of that podium, most successful driver at this racetrack, the defending series champion, get himself uh, on on track with the victory here, become a, what is it, the fifth different winner in five races. Uh, I think, you know, there's other guys. Of course, you have the Ganassi duo of, Dixon and Pillow, who haven't won. You have all the McLaren team of Award, Rossi, and uh, Rosenquist. Of course, Rossi and Rosenquist are a bit buried. I think so. There's, I mean, there's uh, uh, a lot of, those are a lot of guys that haven't won so far. I'm trying to get the right momentum, as you said. Uh, Willpower makes a lot of sense to me as the choice uh, to uh, win there, not because I wanted to pick him, but it just is the stats kind of speak to it. And I'm going to pick Reem Rehal. Um, uh, re as well card, because he's another guy that's done really well at the, uh, at Indy Road Course over the years. There's nothing to show for him to do this based on what he's done so far in 2023. Uh, I mean, I can't pick Lundgaard because there's been 27 drivers that have, or 26 drivers that have run um, every race so far this year. But um, I picked Renus VK last week, and that was a mistake and I really don't feel great about picking a Meyer Shank car. Um, so I think that's the next best scenario uh, is picking um, Graham Ray Hall because really what else, what the hell else do I have to lose in that sense? We'll see who comes out the winner though, and gets that, that much needed momentum going into the Indianapolis 500 practice and qualifying week. Um, time for NASCAR and uh, the throwback weekend here at Darlington. Uh, they had, uh, I don't know why the size changed on this. What the heck? It looks like the, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, so. They changed something over here. Um, there we'll uh, we'll go with trucks first. Um, Darlington uh, throwback scheme preview. We'll get the entry list up as well. So there will be thirty eight trucks for uh, thirty six spots. So two people will go home, or thirty seven for thirty six. Since for whatever reason the um, AM Racing Twenty Two was um, taken out of the field, 
You're going to have uh, Dawson Cram, former guest of the show, driving the number 47 for G2G. Brennan Poole in the 46. You'll see Parker Kligerman running one of his limited races for the Henderson Motorsports team. Timmy Hill uh, driving a uh, throwback to his dad. Will Byron in the 51. Chastain in the 41. Um, nobody announced uh, in the 33 for Rayum Brothers Racing. Would assume it's Josh since he's been drive. Josh Rayum. Uh, maybe something if you were driving it, but uh, not sure if you have a NASCAR license. Uh, but to be fair, I think it probably you'd do better than Josh Rayum uh, in his own vehicle. But that's beside the point. Uh, nobody in the 20 as of yet, but that really doesn't matter. Um, the other, there's two other cup guys. I mentioned Byron and Chastain. Corey LaJoy will be running uh, the number seven for Spire Motorsports, as long as they can get a qualifying lap down. And uh, Darrell Wells Jr. will be driving the number one for Tricon Garage. Otherwise, generally speaking, it's the usual uh, suspects in the truck series. In um, throwbacks, uh, Nick Sanchez is doing a throwback to Mario Andretti's Daytona 500 win. Um, he's driving a Chevy versus Mario Andretti driving a Ford. But they've kind of, otherwise, they've done their best to match the paint scheme pretty well and um, the lettering. And so I think their blue is probably a little lighter, but whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. Um, Dean Thompson is throwing back to Herman Caroga. Okay. Um, I mean, Herman Caroga uh, finished sixth in points back in 2014. Um, Mexico Series champion multiple times. So, interesting one. Uh, Tricon continuing the Red Horse Racing throwbacks with. Um, Corey Heim driving the number 11 with the throwback to Timothy Peters, who used to drive that Red Horse 17 with uh, red uh, basically top and white sides. So that's what they're doing with the Safe Light uh, Toyota this weekend. And then, uh, what is it, Taylor Gray doing a throwback to Todd Bodine? And, um, who ran for Red Horse Racing, and uh, and they're showing from, I guess I don't know Atlanta or some some one and a half mile racetrack back in 2012. Their Tundra Endeavor. So, all right on that. Um, Christian Eckes and McAnally Hilgeman throwing back to class of 2023 Hall of Famer Herschel McGriff. And the car that he drove in the uh, the Panam the Pan America, so the number fifty two. He also Mexican Pan American Road Race. He also ran this number fifty two. Uh, drove it from Portland, Oregon, all the way to Darlington, South Carolina, for the first Southern Five Hundred, and finished in the top ten. 
and then drove her right back, telling what stock car racing used to be. Uh, legend, uh, Herschel McGriff, Roger Carew throwing back to, of course, Wendell Scott, 1973 uh, scheme that um, Wendell Scott ran prior to the end of his uh, driving career. And the 30 of Ryan Vargas throwing back to Sean Woodside. Wow. And uh, the, um, what, what is that called? Why am I forgetting the name of that team? Uh, they were um, Brevac, the Brevac racing team. So um, that's an interesting one. So credit to him to find that. 1999 Winston West champion and seven-time winner in that series uh, for Sean Woodside, and then he came over to the truck series. Uh, Jake Garcia throwing back to Buckshot Jones. Wow. Um, that's great. I guess because Crown, I guess they were able to actually get Crown Fiber to sponsor him, so uh, maybe, but that's fine. Uh, Daniel Dye, who has family connections uh, to, of course, Mr. The King, uh, which is the, why he runs a 43, and they're running a 70s Richard Petty throwback uh, on that 43 Chevy. Lawless Allen throwing back to Adam Petty, uh, so credit to him on that, uh, on his number 45 truck using the fonts of the numbers and the like, so pretty cool. Uh, Timmy Hill throwing back to Ted Musgrave and uh, the Mopar Dodge while Timmy Hill's driving the Toyota, but still um, utilizing the fonts and um, utilizing the color scheme and stuff, so... Credit to Timmy Hill and his family organization for that. I think that's the extent of it, unless that's what I see on Jayski. I don't know if you know if there's anything else coming, Josh, but um, I think the vast majority of those paint schemes aren't bad. Um, I think that, you know, throwing back to old teams in the sport uh, like Red Horse Racing is cool. I think. Throwing back to former champions also is a great thing. So, you know, while we're talking about this NASCAR 75 deal, wondering who else is going to get in, they announced Kevin Harvick today. Um, next week, of course, they're going to have everybody that's living um, on that list, the ones that are added, show up to Darlington. But uh, probably you'd hope some of these truck guys get in, um, like, I think they got Hornaday, but maybe they'll get Sprague in there, you know, the like. So I think for the ones we've seen, I, I don't really see anything that's too god-awful. Um, I think they're pretty solid. We'll see what comes uh, later in the week if more of these teams actually do participate. I think it really ought to be a mandatory thing that they should participate and they should at least try to do something unique. I mean, at least on the truck side, it seems like they try a little harder um, in the Xfinity side than they do on the cup side. But what are your thoughts on that? Um, 
I guess I should make my picks because I you went first for IndyCar, right? Yeah. So um, I'll make my picks for this race. Uh, I usually pick the fifty-one. Uh, not been right with that. I'll, uh, you know, what? I'll, I'll go out and say, and and, and this is really kind of out there. I would have to say, but I'm going to go and and take a real swing at this. Uh, well, I was going to take a swing at it, but I'm going to pick Nick Sanchez. That's not the swing that I was going to take. I'm going to go and do it here in the wild card. Nick Sanchez is due. I would hope a throwback vehicle wins. Why not a throwback to Mario Andretti, who supposedly will be coming to Darlington this, this weekend. And uh, the person who I pick as my wild card, largely because they're a part-time team, and if it rains, then they're not even going to be in the race. But um, if it doesn't rain, then they're going to run a lap quick enough, and they're usually very competitive, be Corey LaJoy. Uh, it's a truck series race, very short race. Uh, he has plenty of experience at Darlington, especially driving on old tires. Uh, this is an opportunity for him to get a victory. Um, of course, he got that modified victory at Martinsville last fall, coming off the heels of Ryan Truex finally getting a win in the NASCAR's top three series. I think for Corey LaJoy, this would be a huge opportunity in a moment if he could go and win um, at Darlington. I don't remember offhand if his dad won there. I kind of figure he did, but. It'll be something for uh, Corey LaJoy if he's able to do that. What are you thinking, Josh, in regards to the uh, truck series race at Darlington on uh, Friday night? Yeah, of course, um, start off uh, with the the picks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, this weekend, I mean, of course, we got a couple of cup guys coming down, Bubba Wallace, Corey LaJoy, Ross Chastain, uh, William Byron, all uh, cup guys competing in this event, um, but not sure. I mean, I think William Byron probably has the best chance out of all those cup guys to win, although I think Coral LaJoy is a sneaky uh, upset there as far as cup guys. Uh, so, I mean, it's a lot of ways that you go with this, um, but, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, go with uh, uh, Zane. Yeah, I'm going to go with Zane Smith uh, winning this weekend uh, in uh, the number 38 at Darlington. Um, while we throw back uh, to all these paint schemes throughout the weekend uh, and generally have a throwback theme, let's have a look forward to the future, uh, potentially in um, you know whether the Xfinity or the Cup Series. Uh, someone who I think will have a good future, uh, you know, in NASCAR has been really good uh, to start off in the truck series. That's uh, Zane Smith. So I'll go with him. Uh, current points leader, of course, in the series uh, already has two wins this year. So let's see if he can get a third one here uh, at Darlington, uh, which, if, you know, obviously if you can win at Darlington, you can win anywhere. Um, and of course, uh, it's a tough track. So um, even for the truck series, um, uh, it's uh, definitely a track that takes a lot of uh, skill uh, to be able to race on and and win on. So, 
that's who I pick for my winner. Uh, wild card, I will actually pick uh, Corey LaJoy as a wild card uh, because, I mean, yeah, he's an Aspire car and number seven in the truck series. They've been pretty good in truck series, but, of course, he is a... Um, you know, he's only going for the trophy here in extra track time. Uh, so we'll go, uh, wild card there. I'd like to see, you know, how, how does he do, uh, on a track that is really tough to race on and something, um, that, you know, that's not a restrictor plate track where you, know, you can easily run up front, uh, with the right draft or uh, even a road course where pit strategy, you can end up being up front, but something where it's just really tough and takes a, a lot of skill and, um, everything to, to be up front, uh, like that. So can he, uh, you know, make a name, I mean, he's already trying to make a name for himself in the cup series, but you know, can he at least put on or help contribute to putting on a show in the truck series here, uh, at Darlington. Uh, and as far as paint schemes, I mean, generally agree with you there, uh, you know, in the, think the truck series probably the lower the series you go the more original that the paint schemes get because they're uh i think the sponsors of course not as big money as in the cup series and some of the xfinity teams so they're able to do a little bit more original stuff or at least you know more true throwback schemes by you know keeping the the um theme uh as true to what they're throwing back to uh without sponsors getting in the way um so i mean the what we see on J-Ski so far looks pretty nice. Um, I mean, I do kind of find it a little bit humorous that you, know, you have an entire team, the Tricon Garage team, uh, throwing back uh, to um, a team that existed in the mid-2000s, you know, 2010s in Red Horse Racing. Um, and it does feel a little bit random, but you know, at the same time, uh, I mean, you can throw back to any era. I mean, you can throw back to even last year if you wanted to but um you know those are some pretty interesting choices there um i think truck series think i like uh i think i like the ted musgrave throwback the best that was a good car back in 2003 uh, of course uh not a toyota i mean dodge is no longer in the series uh now but uh interesting you know choice there uh, i do like also the uh nick sanchez uh, throwing back to Mario Andretti uh, and the Bunnell Mutter Co. Uh, Ford that Holman Moody had back in 1967. So that's a good one, too. But yeah, let's uh, see if any more teams uh, come out and participate in the throwback. I mean, you can argue that William Byron's scheme is a throwback scheme because that's Ricky Hendrick's original scheme when he raced in trucks, you know, all the way back in 2001, 2002. So technically that's one, but of course it's made regular now by Larson and by him in, in the cup series. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we both picked the same wild card. You haven't, uh, you didn't pick Roger Carruth like you usually do. So we'll see what happens with Corey LaJoy. I guess we're doubling down on Corey LaJoy this week. Uh, that might be a first for him. Uh, I don't know if he listens to our show. I'm assuming he doesn't, but uh, we have your back, Corey. We hope you can go out there and make us proud here on the grip strip podcast. Um, and you and Bono Mannion, a former winner at Darlington with uh, Martin Truex jr. And the, uh, Bush series days and chance too. So who knows? Um, we'll uh, move on to the um, Xfinity side because I guess that's, we're just going to, instead of best, worst, whatever. I, I, I mean, I do like 
the Nick Sanchez one for sure. Um, in terms of the ones that they had. And um, I mean, there's some unique ones. I definitely agree with the Ted Musgrave one. And he also did drive a Toyota at one time in his career, um, assisted Brad Keselowski's um, rise into the, into NASCAR's big three series. So um, it doesn't, let's see it to have Arlington entry list, Arlington race page. Um, right now there's 41 for 38. So I'm trying to get through, see if there's anybody who did withdraw. Uh, that's not, nobody has withdrawn. Uh, Sheldon Creed, I, I saw some of the the schemes. Um, throwback to Parade. They, I saw it somewhere, I think it was on Twitter. Uh, Sheldon Creed is throwing back to Kevin Harvick and Clint Boyer and all of Ron Hornaday, all those guys who drove the AC Delco number two for RCR. And then uh, Austin Hill is doing a throwback to the days of uh, Kevin Harvick and whoever else that drove the Coast Guard Chevy. So those are pretty cool. Um, in terms of um, outside of that, I'm trying to think. Around, look around and see, but let's just get some of this stuff out. So Spire Motorsports again, trying to make the race need to have no weather, of course, uh, for that. So Kevin Mannion going to be working double duty, trying to get Carson Hosevar's first career Xfinity start. Uh, Ross Chastain will be driving the number 91. So he'll be doing triple duty this weekend. Um, mentioned Austin Cram. He'll be driving in the 74 for Mike Harmon. Uh, Chad Fincham will be in the 66 for for uh, Carl Long. Matt Mills in the 53 for Emerling Gase. Sage Karam actually running this weekend in the Alpha Prime uh, for Alpha Prime in the number 44. I don't know if CRC is a CRC brake clean which there would be obvious ones to utilize. Uh, Joe Graff Jr. in the 38. Corey Heim will be in the 24 for Sam Hunt Racing. Uh, Truex, Ryan Truex running what supposedly will be his last race in the Xfinity Series in 2023, but I venture to think that's going to change after his win at Dover. Uh, is it Kyle Larson will actually be driving for Colleague Racing in a Hendrick Cars.com car, no less. Um, then I think Josh Berry, he's doing a throwback to Hot Strickland and the Stavola brothers. Um, I, I know that they're, they had something in terms of the schemes. Uh, Ty Dillon will be running this weekend. For RCR running for Pop Pop in a Ferris uh, commercial mowers number three. So, uh, pseudo throwback, I think. Um, I saw some pictures there of some of these cars, but um, 
I'm trying to see. Yeah. Go to Xfinity. Uh, they have a posted um, stuff. Oh, Darlington throw. So there you go. So yeah, the, what is it? Um, Cole Custer is throwing back to Jason Leffler and uh, Haas, Haas Automation, double uh, zero, uh, utilizing the font, I think, to period correct. Uh, scheme is period correct. The logo is bigger. Uh, it'll be on a Ford instead of a Chevy. Sam Mayer throwing back to Kurt Bush and the Sharpie scheme of uh, the day back in, I think, 2003 or whatever. Um, I mentioned Sheldon Creed's um, Kevin Harvick 2001 championship throwback. Ferris uh, re replicating sponsors first race in 2003. Okay. The, um, the Justin Allgaier giving, uh, paying homage to Brandt going back to 70 years ago when they started. So that's a in cool sponsor related one. The tire pros, Number eight, as I mentioned, for Josh Berry will be one. Throws back to Hutch Strickland. Uh, the pilot flying J number 18 for Sammy Smith is a throwback to their original uh, logo. And it kind of has some, uh, kind of reminds me of the Slim Fast number 18 that uh, Greg Sachs drove in the Cup Series many years ago for Hendrick. Yeah, that's the the throwback to Aust for Austin Hill, um, for the um, Kevin Harvick when he won in two thousand six championship. So both of them are Kevin Harvick related, and the um, Coast Guard scheme. Brett Moffitt actually throwing back to um, Tim Richmond. Uh, interesting one there. And uh, fire department coffee vintage fire truck scheme for uh, Chief Grala, as it says on this door, but it's uh, Kaz Grala. Um, Ryan Ellis throwing back to Kevin Harvick's 2005 Goodwrench scheme. Pretty cool looking car. That was a good scheme back in the day. And then I did mention Sage Karam running in CRC uh, car, and he is. And he is throwing back to Pop-Pop and the CRC high-performance chemicals uh, car there from back in the day. So credit to Sage Karam. I didn't even know that was the case, but I kind of assumed, and it worked out. Uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt throwing back to his grandpa and the Wheaties paint scheme that he ran back uh, in at the uh, All-Star Race to Winston back, uh, what was it, 1997, and incorporating the lettering and the numbers and all of his current sponsors. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, what is it? Jeremy Clemens throwing back to Jeff Bodine's Levi Garrett Chevy that he ran at Hendrick Motorsports. He always use he usually has 
some interesting and good throwbacks. So credit to to Jeremy Clements. Um, Matt Mills is throwing back to Kirby the Love Bug. Um, okay. I guess. Um, what is it? Chad Fincham throwing back to late Eric McClure. Um, who ran that hefty scheme. So see if they can make the make the race there uh, with that. Oh, this is an interesting one by Dawson Cram. Throwing back to uh, Bob Keselowski's Chrysler LeBaron uh, back in um, the ARCA days. The number, I'm not so sure how accurate or period correct that number is, but the lettering, the fonts, um, incorporating all the other aspects of it from a Dodge to a Chevy. Uh, good job by those guys. Uh, it's really cool. Um, Bob Keselowski was literally the only person driving a Mopar vehicle full-time in the Arca circuit back in the day. That's yeah, pretty badass, so credit to them. And then Riley Herbst, I mentioned uh, offline to Josh, uh, running a Ken Block throwback, uh, Monster Energy related, but also related to the late, great Ken Block. Um, honestly, that one I I have, a I think, not just because Dawson Cram's a former guest, but I just there's just something really cool about the, that Mopar scheme and those colors and the way they they look. It's just a really good job by them. Um, and outside of that, I mean, there are a bunch that I definitely, a few that I really think are cool, but I think that's the one that stands out to me. I don't really see anything that's like super weak. That has been shown so far. I think a lot going to guys that have recently retired or are going to retire in Kevin Harvick. So throwing back to him, I think, uh, is pretty good. Um, what are your thoughts on those schemes, Josh? Yeah, I mean, and even your picks. Yeah, picks. I'll do picks um, here uh, in a minute. But, I mean, just to keep talking about the paint schemes themselves here this weekend, I mean, um, yeah, most of these paint schemes are pretty good. I'm not really a fan of the seven. Um, I don't really, I mean, it's throwing back. It's inspired by themselves, um, but, I mean, it's also not throwing back to anything in particular there. Uh, but, you know, I like the double zero. I mean, they're throwing back to the original double zero from 04 um, there. So that's a that's a good pick. And Kay Adams here on the Lakers and uh warriors on the tv on the side but um anyway uh that's a good scheme because it's basically the original car original sponsor and everything uh so that's a good one there i like the uh the number one throwback uh to kurt bush his first paint scheme uh in back in 01 once they picked up sharpie sponsorship the two pretty nice as well um just in general uh the um 
you know, the paint scheme there is really fitting to the 01 uh, car uh, from Harvick. But, I mean, being Willian, being a sponsor, you could also throw back to the old number 31 Willian car uh, from back in the day. Although I get the theme going to uh, uh, throw back to Harvick. Uh, so, um, you know, that that's a good one there, too. Um, so um, definitely like, like it and it fits. Um, you know, number eight, throwing back to Hutch Strickland. That's one good one, too. 21, throwing back to the 06, uh, 21 car from Harvick with the Coast Guard sponsorship. Also really nice there. Tim Richman throwback. Brett Marf Moffitt doing. It's pretty good. Um, um, the number 43, uh, 2005, uh, good wrench car is pretty nice as well. Uh, going with the Quicksilver theme there, too. Also, would have liked to have seen, so if you go back to 03, uh, Harvick ran a, a red, um, aggressively schemed, uh, so the same same color or paint scheme design, but the uh, color scheme in 03, they ran at the shootout, and the last race of the year was red with silver. That one was cool as well. That's uh, one of my favorite paint schemes uh, from that year. Number 44, thrown back to Richard Childress, also nice. And then um, Jeremy or yeah, Jeffrey Earnhardt throwing back to uh, Dale Earnhardt, 1997 Wheaties car, pretty cool as well. Uh, and then, of course, the um, former guest, Dawson Cram, throwing back to uh, the number 29 from Bob Keselowski. He ain't going to kill my boy. Uh, also really nice there. And I do like the tribute to Ken Block, of course. So it brings us to the picks uh, for this weekend. Um, honestly, I'm going to go Kyle Larson here, picking uh, him to win uh, the race. Uh, he, I think he has a good shot in the number 10, uh, which seems like it's the all-star car for Colic this year. But I like I like him in uh, the number ten this weekend. Um, he's gonna go be a good challenge against John Hernemichek, who's been really good this year so far. Um, in uh, Joe Gibbs number twenty, Ryan Truex also racing again this weekend. So um, can he uh, back up his win uh, at Dover with a you know a good top ten run at least or a top five? That'd be interesting to see. Uh, there, um, I think wild card, uh, wild card, uh, let's see, we'll go, you know what, we'll go wild card, um, I want to see, you know, I want to see what, uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt can do, we'll go with him, the Dale Earnhardt theme this weekend, um, want to see what he can do, uh, in the 45, you know, on a good track when it comes to tire wear, uh, that can help some of the uh, smaller teams. So uh, I'll go with um, Jeffrey Hernart as my wildcard pick uh, this weekend. Yep. So um, uh, all good there. I mean, I do, I get the picking Larson there with the veteran experience. And over the years, he's been really, really good at Darlington. Um, so. Oh, that'll help. Yeah, she does work in um, L.A. these days, uh, doing looking out hot, looking all hot and stuff. Um, I'm gonna go and pick Sheldon Creed. 
because Sheldon Creed last year had a really dominant car uh, in the fall and was a couple laps away actually from winning the race. And um, he has been good at Darlington over the in his truck career. And uh, um, I think it's a track that kind of suits Sheldon Creed because of how rough it is and going back to his off-road background, finally getting that elusive first career Xfinity victory. I think that would be great um, doing a throwback to Harv. Going and throwing back to the championship, of course, the number is still the same, but wheel and engineering uh, going and allowing that. So credit to them. Uh, wild card pick for me. Uh, have to go back to the entry list. Um, wild card and wild card pick. Uh because I probably would have to go into the point standings, really, uh, to make a full-on decision. I'll, I, that's what I'll do. Um, ugh, man, I guess I ate too much junk earlier. Ugh. Um, trying to get through all these. So, yeah, 17. What is it? 23, 24, 25, so 13. Oh, so that that actually kind of fell in my lap. I'll pick Parker Kligerman because he just dropped out of the top half of the um, points because of a recent run of bad luck. Um, Getting wrecked early, of course, at Dover didn't help his cause either. Uh, But he's running the truck race. Um, I think over the years, I think he has plenty of experience at Darlington. Um, the That uh, team, the big machine team, I think, wants to get back on their horse and get back into the playoff mix. So I'm going to pick, uh, so yeah, Creed to win and Kligerman. As wild card. All right. Last but not least is the Cup Series, and um, prepare to be somewhat disappointed with some of these. Um, 36 for 36. Uh, the only, I mean, well, Pool was in the 15 last week. Um, yeah, Barry's back in the still in the 48. No neck is going to be in the 51. So that's a throwback all in itself. The fact that no neck is back in a, a cup car. Uh, we'll go through to sponsors Worldwide Express UPS for Ross Jastain, the points leader, Freightliner for Austin Sindrick, nothing announced for Austin Dillon. Sunny Delight will be on Kevin Harvick's car. Uh, HendrickCars.com for Larson, but they're saying it's a throwback. Castrol GTX for Brad Keselowski. Nations Guard for Corey LaJoy. Lucas Oil for Kyle Busch. Lumar Window Film for William Clyde Elliott II. Um, If you're going to run Lumar Window Films, 
Um, can't you throw back to when they were on a bush car? Maybe. I, I don't know. That's going to be the one I'm going to go off on, even though it is, it's a simple scheme and it's his dad. And I loved it when it was his dad's car, but, uh, federal express, not FedEx on Denny Hamlin, uh, Menards and Dutch boy. Um, that one's another one that I kind of have an issue with. Chase Briscoe's one is another one. BTS tire and wheel distributors on AJ Allmendinger's. 16, Busher has nothing listed. Bell has nothing listed for a sponsor. Auto owner's insurance, so Martin Truex is punting per usual. Harrison Burton's. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joey Logano, uh, Bubba Wallace, Will Byron. Yeah, that's another one. Justin Haley, Michael McDowell, StageFront.VIP, whatever the hell that is. Um, Todd Gillen driving Serial1.com e-bikes. A throwback to current NASCAR official Elton Sawyer. Ryan Priest back with his uh, United Rentals. Uh, forward together on the 45 for Tyler Reddick. Kroger and Country Croc for O. Richard. Um, Keebler Gibbs as Shriners Children's Hospital. Uh, Ty Dillon, Honest Charlie Speed Shop, whatever the hell that is. BJ McLeod, Daily Downforce. And then Daniel Suarez with Quaker State. But, and we'll start with that. I'm going to go back backwards to forwards because that one is one I like. That one is one that really is period correct. They went with the numbers. They It looks like the old um, King Racing 26 uh, Quaker State, you know, GM product. It was a Buick for a lot of years. Uh, and um, when they came along, they ran Buicks because, of course, uh, Kenny Bernstein ran Buicks. Then uh, he ran Fords. Eventually, the Quaker State team changed to the to a Ford uh, when uh, King Racing was still around. But I like it. Nice, clean, simple, really um, nice job by them and utilizing one of their, of course, sponsors in a good way. Shriners, uh, so Keebler Gibbs um, going in. Uh, honor Joe Gibbs induction to the NASCAR Hall of Fame by um, oh because he ran the Pro Football Hall of Fame scheme with the Redskins colors uh, with Bobby Labonte back in '95. Okay, all right. So throwback to his dad or grandfather. Uh, Alex Bowman, but it'll be Josh Berry throwing back to uh, his spotter, Kevin Hamlin, who drove back in the day for Ganassi in a, in a Texaco number 42 back in those days. In this case, it'll be the 48. So a pseudo Davy Allison throwback there as well. The Kroger Country Croc. 47 has um, kind of intonations to Dale Jarrett 
because it has the UPS colors. So that's okay, I guess, but nothing spectacular. They go also, um, what is it? Um, LMC goes Eric Jones, um, two-time winner of the Southern 500. Uh, throwing back to 1968 with uh, Mr. The King, um, minus the stupid black roof. But um, they used the lettering that they had, the Chrysler lettering, uh, Legion, and then um, on the quarter panels, and they used a kind of two-tone color, the lighter blue on the front and rear fascias. Um, but is it a uh, bull cut moron will be driving a Jimmy Johnson 2014 Coca-Cola 600. So I'm going to work under the assumption he won in that scheme. I would hope to justify it. Um, but it's bright yellow numbers for the 42 and that actually looks clean. Oh, you got to give credit to that. Um, Going and uh, is uh, Jeff Priest's late model scheme with Burnham Boilers. And um, his son, Ryan, will be driving the number 41. And it's uh, it's clean. It's simple. Uh, that darker blue on the roof and the numbers. But otherwise, it's a pretty simple white uh, around the rest of the car. So... Um, one for dad there for Ryan Priest. Can't really go m get mad about it because at least it's something that it's not what it's not a something that we've seen Ryan Priest do uh, in general. But it's not like how many choices chances has he had. Um, Todd Gilland doing a throwback to the Barbasol Fords of uh, yesteryear with uh, Elton Sawyer. That lighter blue scheme doesn't fit what they show in those pictures, but that is they utilize the lighter blue as the years went on with uh, the Barbasol car. The William Breyer and cars, a chrome illusion uh, deal there. Uh, the number being f up front, leaving all the space, uh, just makes it look even worse. Uh, the Penske uh, 22 Joey Logano's throwing back to the AMC Matador um, with uh, Mark Donahue. So, yeah, that that one will that's that's clean uh, Penske the whole bit. So, uh, what is it? To Harrison Burton throwing back to his dad again um, with a another X side scheme. Um, he says the Christopher Bell throwback is to Matt Kenseth. Uh, from what year Matt Kenseth? I don't know, but it's Matt Kenseth. It's 2003. 2003 championship. Okay. Now that makes sense. All right, fine. Good. Um, Chase Briscoe's, uh, throwback is from the Turkey night Grand Prix winning, um, midget that Tony Stewart drove. Uh, for Steve Lewis and uh, Bob East, uh, there the number always had the nines or whatever um, with those cars, and 
Ford power plant, but he drove that even though he was driving a Pontiac. So, okay. Hopefully the flames help with uh, horsepower and ability to drive forward. Uh, but I kind of was confused by it initially, and then they explained it. I'm like, all right. Um, they are saying that Ryan Blaney is running a, a throwback to his dad's Vivran World of Outlaws sprint car that he won uh, through the years. He ran for many. He ran for many years for Casey Luna's Ford team, and uh, eventually won the 1995 World of Outlaws championship. Uh, I don't think it's accurate, <laughs> really, um, because the yellow, of course, is wrong because it's Menards, whatever highlighter yellow, and then the blue is too light, but maybe it looks darker when we get to the racetrack. I don't think that was the best job by them, but then it's not like Menards has ever been known for making great throwbacks either. Even though they have all this paint, all these colors, they can't even match the damn colors right. Uh, Eric Almirola is throwing back to the 2001 Dale Jr. car. Um, all right. And then um, Kevin, a nine car isn't being shown, but Clyde is throwing back to his dad's uh, uh, Everham Dodge scheme for his. And then um, Announcer by Sunny Delight, Kevin Harvey's story scheme will be a nod to plant Cup Series debut AOL scheme before he drove the number 29. Okay. I mean, um, I guess because of the streak. Okay. It's a bit of a... I guess. All right. I mean, I'll, I'm I'm a sucker for the old school lettering, the Sunny Delight lettering and the logo and stuff. And I've anytime there's been a Sunny D car, I've kind of uh, been a mark for it because those cars always generally did look good um, the last few years. Though Richard, when he first brought it back into the sport, so credit to old Harv. My God, look at how young that dweeb looked. Um, and then we have Ross Chastain essentially driving a Napa or I mean, UPS sponsored, uh, Chevy when, uh, of course, Dale Jarrett drove the UPS Ford for many years. It's a great connection because worldwide express is a authorized reseller and connected with UPS. So good job by them. One that actually really does have validity. Um, so good on uh, Ross Chastain and uh, Trackhouse on that scheme. Um, I'll um, I'll go first here. Um, I think I was supposed to go first with, um, or no, I went first with trucks, and you went first. So actually, yeah, now it actually makes sense. So we did go in order. I'm going to go Darlington. I am going to go with... I'm going to go with Larson. Kind of makes me nauseous, but I'm going to go with Larson to win. 
and um, my wild card is going to be Eric Jones. I mentioned why the guy won at Darlington last fall. There's nothing that they've really done this year that would make you figure that that's possible to repeat that kind of result. But, you know, at some point, the luck has to change, right? And why wouldn't you do it at one of Eric Jones' best racetracks um, at Darlington? So I'm going to go and reduce that right there. And I will go and add my picks to uh, Cup Series at Darlington. Um, Phil picks uh, Larson. To win and uh, that Jones boy as wild card. Josh, you get to close the previews and picks. Give your thoughts on the schemes before you can move on to your sim segment. And of course, um, I think for picks, um, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick here winning. Uh, at Darlington, uh, I think he's due for a win, and he's won here before. Won the first race back from COVID, um, all the way back in 2020, um, in the first race, uh, you know, after that. So um, at this track, so um, I I'll pick him to win. Uh, I think he's just due for a win, and I think you know, with given Darlington could see a different winner this weekend than what you know we've been seeing uh as of late uh in the cup series uh in terms of you know hendrick versus gibbs and toyotas uh as it's kind of kind of been lately so let's see if we can get a ford uh here to finally win um and um you know finally get his at least get one win here in his final season of course uh wild card uh you know wild card uh uh i want to go Let's see, let's see here. Wild card. Uh, this is tough. Uh, I need the standings because uh, I've got. I'm going to make a mistake if I don't, and I'm going to have to pick from top. It's top twenty-five or top twenty in the standings, and below or below twentieth, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Let me go back. Let's go into the point standings. It's based on how many drivers have um, ran every race. So essentially, that's not where I wanted to go. Driver points is where I do. So what, 14 plus another, what is it? 14 plus 26. 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 31 drivers. So uh, works out to, I think, have everybody outside of the playoff, um, which means basically anybody outside of Chase Briscoe. Yeah. After well, Chase I, I'm going to go wild card with uh, Eric Almarola when – the number 10. I'm not really a fan of the paint scheme, actually. I mean, it is the Dale Jr. 2001 throwback, but it just, for some reason, it just doesn't fit, really, and I feel like they um, didn't really do that great of a job on the throwback itself, um, but, you know, he's um, another 
driver who needs a good result uh, here, and you know he's been you know has only had one top ten uh, to start off in this season uh, and everything. But you know I think um, if uh, Harvick does well in a Stuart Haas racing car this weekend and has a chance at winning, then I certainly could see uh, I'd certainly see that. Eric Almarola has a, a shot at, you know, getting a good finish here this weekend and did finish uh, 11th place uh, last last year in this race, uh, which is his best career, or, well, second best finish. He finished 7th and 9th uh, in 2020. So maybe maybe they, Stuart Haas throws it back to 2020 when they were winning uh, races uh, in this series. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I think... The schemes themselves, um, I think, you know, the best one, I think, is the best pair is the track house. I think, you know, last year they really hit a home run with the throwing back to the Dale Sr. and Dale Jr. Coke cars. And um, it's going to be really hard to top that one. But these are some pretty solid uh, ones as well with um, the UPS uh, Dale Jarrett throwback and uh, the, um, you know, Kenny Burnt, one, yeah, the King Racing, uh, 26 and Quaker, uh, Quaker State with Daniel Suarez running in the 99, both very true to form uh, there. Although I, I will say that you know, I kind of wish we saw because this is the 2001 uh, UPS car, and then Stenhouse is also throwing back to the 2001 UPS car. Would have liked to have seen at least a difference in one of those, with one of them being the 2002-2004 uh, era of UPS with instead of the uh, yellow stripes on there they had the uh lightning bolts uh instead which i thought made it a little bit a little bit cooler uh in terms of paint scheme but you know both of them uh very very good and would not have known worldwide express as you know authorized reseller ups so somehow justin marks has been able to get in some really really good throwbacks his um first couple of years here running in uh nascar with uh, track house racing um so yeah some i mean cup series not quite as good in throwbacks but that's to be expected because the you know corporate sponsors although uh penske i think they had a really good one uh there as well with um uh joey logano throwing back to the amc matador uh their first uh car that they ran in cup with uh mark donahue back in the day uh the flying brick uh, there so um yeah of course we'll go ahead and go into the sim racing segment of course um yeah, of course last week um what i did run pulling up what i did did do uh, a little bit of indy car racing uh at homestead just a just one really um branded homestead and uh it's a little bit tough kind of struggled on pace uh, a little bit there but uh managed to finish in eighth place uh, and that one uh, struggle a little bit on pace, uh, just cause like, I think, think the Indy car just feel like it ran out of, uh, ran out of, um, uh, pace there uh, in terms of speed. Um, and, you know, I think, um, you know, need to be a little bit better in terms of handling as well. Uh, it seems like, uh, Homestead's a little bit tougher on the Indy car, um, just cause I think it's so short uh you know and the power band and everything i think maybe with fixed setup series you know really got to nail it in the corners uh and let me give you my pick i'll type that really quick 
uh, here. Uh, there you go. Harvick and Almirola winner and wild card there. They ran the Formula Fords at Rudskin Motor Center, uh, which actually surprisingly did fairly well and never raced there or practiced there before and came out in fourth place uh, in that series. Uh, so, yeah, that was what I did last week in iRacing, and I think this week be a little bit, try to get a little bit more uh, activity on there. Um, of course, uh, you know, we have all three racing NASCAR series at Darlington, so I think yeah, I think maybe I'll finally try to run at Darlington. never really ran there in the past, so maybe I'll try to finally, finally do something there. Um, it's a good track, just uh, have never really bothered too much with it. Um, uh, but I think it's a track that, you know, I feel like maybe my style probably fits well at, so I probably should try running there finally. Um, all three, again, all three uh, series running there this weekend. Gen 4 Cup, uh, was, so that's basically, I mean, they should be running at Darlington. I don't know why they're not, but running at Talladega this weekend. So that's also going to be a bit of a throwback in terms of the Gen 4 cars and restrictor plate racing from uh, back in the day. Got that. Um, you also have the uh, on the road side of things. You also have uh, IndyCar. Well, not Indy cars, but the uh, uh, Indy Pro 2000s racing uh, at Long Beach. So that should be interesting as well. You got the BMW Sim Cup racing uh, at Watkins Glen on the boot side. So that should be interesting. You've got, uh, let's see what else on the roadside. You've got uh, Formula 3 racing at um, Imola. Um, you've got also the Formula 1 cars racing at Imola. Um, the Delara IR01s competing at Silverstone on the oval side. Delara IR01s competing at um, Auto Club Speedway. So that should be similar to... Uh, in terms of racing, similar in speed, similar to the uh, kart series. So I'm going to be reaching 250 miles an hour in the draft, so I might want to try out that one, uh, see how that runs. No cautions as well, so it should be interesting in terms of uh, being able to uh, keep keep it up front and keep it off the wall and uh, and keep it pointing in the right direction uh, there. Uh, you've got Production Car Sim Lab Challenge, uh, the 25-minute D-Class uh, series. Uh, racing at Summit Point, so uh, that should be a good one. Solid race there, always a good series. And also MX-5s at the MX-5 series, also at uh, Summit Point Raceway as well. Um, GR86 at Okiyama Speedway uh, International Circuit, so definitely like running uh, at that track. Uh, so I'd probably hit up that series as well. Uh, and then I think you've, yeah, you've got the uh, uh, Formula Fords at uh, Olton Park. Uh, this week, so that should be good good racing there good series uh, as well and um, Got the the spec racer series also at the homestead Miami road course. Uh, so this should be with the um, S yeah SCCA series, so that should be a good good solid racing series there and I mentioned the Indy Indy Pro 2000s uh, at Long Beach so might want to try that one out as well uh, and try to get one in at Long Beach uh, there so yeah, of course, always uh, lots of choices on, you know, on IndyCar or, well, on iRacing uh, and, you know, being able to go between oval and road series. And then, of course, you know, dirt stuff as well that they have. They offer a lot in terms of diversity. So always, uh, you know, 
good good series, a good game to you know be able to participate in different types of classes on the sim side and definitely helps at least with racecraft in, in terms of real life racing and being able to practice your tactics online uh and virtually you know versus in learning the different courses as well compared you know to running in real life so always good there uh, and if i do stream should i you know try to uh from time to time you can find find that at twitch tv slash usailor2 and you know go on there and um you know, see when I, I'll alert when I do try to stream, um, and everything. And again, you know, coming up, you know, in the next couple months, got the firecracker 400. So I'll definitely try to attempt that one hopefully. And, uh, I think, think I might be able to actually, so definitely go on there and, uh, try that one out. Um, and you'll hopefully be able to race against, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, when he, as I think he's going to try to race that one as well. So, uh, looking forward to competing against, you know, top names in sim racing and along with some of the legends and current uh top nascar drivers that uh have you know play i racing on the on the regular so looking forward to that um and of course follow myself uh, on twitter at jp huffine go in there and see you know what i have to say uh and see what i you know like to share regarding the series regarding you know my earlier interests and you know regarding football you know we got the schedule coming out here tentatively on thursday so i'm um, looking forward to seeing how many night games jacksonville jaguars have to get uh hopefully they get at least two games i think hopefully one of them is on sunday night football they have not been on sunday night football since 2008 so uh officially so looking forward to seeing if nbc finally gets them uh in front of uh the entire country uh and everything so looking forward to that um of course uh uh, and I'll definitely have my takes when that happens. So you can see that there. So, um, of course you can follow the video podcast, uh, at, uh, YouTube on group share podcast, go on there and, uh, like our videos and comment and subscribe to our page and definitely, you know, be on the lookout for our next, uh, upload. And we'll definitely have this, uh, episode out here pretty soon so you can go and uh digest everything that we just talked about and be able to uh you know listen and or watch uh on youtube and uh if that's your desired means so um definitely definitely enjoy being able to go over it with you and definitely looking at all your sweet paint schemes that we'll see this weekend on on tv and um and you know hopefully um you know we get a good race uh you know this weekend here uh at darlington and of course also at um indianapolis for the indian the uh, IndyCar road course race there this weekend. So, yeah, definitely being able to, uh, you know, talk about it with you. And, you know, thanks as always, Phil, for um, being able to um, you know, have this opportunity to, you know, go over everything and be able to discuss and have a, you know, good discussion about, you know, all the racing that we see every week. Absolutely, man. Wouldn't do it with any, anybody else. Uh, been doing this for three plus years now so we've got something good going here so let's keep it going um for um thanks for everything you do on the back end of course with the video side with the youtube page and also um with the promotion on that and then also getting us going here on our discord um helping with the technical difficulties like we had last week uh etc cetera, etc cetera. so um definitely a uh, big part of the deal, no matter. Um, and also, like, can contribute uh, elsewhere on uh, different shows like the Grid Talk podcast. 
uh, prior to me going into our deal there. I was on the Grid Talk post-race show for Miami uh, this past uh, weekend. Shout out to the Grid Talk crew. You can find me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. You can find me at Philip, Philip G. Matthew 28 on Insta, posting usually bowling stuff like I did this past weekend um, after Whirlwind Bowling Week. Uh, you could find us at GripStripPod on Twitter, and uh, where you can see generally see our posts there on the shows, philipgmatthew.com. The show goes over there, basically, if you... And know there if there's somewhere where there is podcasts, you'll you'll find the Gripster podcast. So with that, we will move to episode 169 next weekend or next week for the GSP. Our recapping the throwback weekend at Darwin uh, GMR Grand Prix of Indy. Um. And uh, all the other uh, racing in the roundup taking place this uh, coming weekend. And then previewing Formula One, the Parmigiano-Reggiano Grand Prix at Imola. And uh, Indy qualifying and practice and stuff. And then you'll have um, the All-Star Race coming up uh, at North Wilkesboro. Who would have thought? Back in 1996, they closed the place, and now, what is it, you know, 27 years later, they're going to be hosting the All-Star Race next week there. So, uh, pretty big deal. Cars Tour going to have a prelim night, which will have a lot of cup drivers in it. So, that's going to be a hard main to make for sure. So, we'll get into all that next week on the GSP. So for Josh, I'm Phil. Thanks for everyone for listening, supporting, liking, and subscribing. And uh, let your friends know about us. We do this. It's a passion deal for us. So um, hopefully you can go and let somebody know so they can go listen as well. Um, With that, I'll be back next week. Take care. Bless and goodbye.